Hello, and welcome to another Tales from the Ruther Library, a podcast coming straight from the Ruther Library at Wayne State University in the heart of Detroit, Michigan. How are you doing, Troy? I'm great. How are you? How was your summer? Far too short. Always is, isn't it? Always. Yeah, it seemed to get shorter this time. Right. Yeah, so here we are. The semester has started, and we're going to be talking about the university collection today. Um... If any of you have been here in the front of the Ruther Library, there is a bronze statue called the Dancing Maidens. Uh, it was created by Oskar Stonoroff, a modernist architect, writer, historian, and archivist as well. And he created it for May Ruther back in 1960. And it was in their, um, in their yard by a stream until she bequeathed it over to Wayne State University. He created it for her because she loved dance. And that's what we're going to talk about today is dance. Um, specifically the Maggie Alessi Department of Theater and Dance here at Wayne State University because it had just celebrated its 90th anniversary. Right, Troy? It did. And I dare say one of the oldest in the United States. Uh, we talked with Eva Powers, a native of Detroit area who holds a BS degree in dance education from the University of Michigan and an MA in theater from Wayne State University. She served as chair of the Department of Dance from 1993 to 2003 this department has a very rich history with the world of dance, specifically with modern dance, but also a great foundation for the community of Detroit. Uh, what they did was they brought dance into the schools through a curriculum. So it introduced to the students of Detroit dance that they probably would never have experienced ever before. Um, so this is Eva Powers talking about the dance department at Wayne State University. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for coming. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, this is uh, this is a great uh, opportunity to talk about the 90th anniversary of the dance program at Wayne State University. Why don't we get started by, by talking about how the dance program started? Well, there was one person who really was important to the development of dance and dance education in the city, and that would be Ruth Lovell Murray. She was born in 1900 here in Detroit, I believe, but she spent her career here teaching and working in Detroit. She actually went to school at Columbia College in New York and uh, then moved back or was teaching here at that time before the university was formed. It was then called a Detroit Teachers College and she taught physical education but it was mostly movement, educa movement education. So the early roots of modern dance is what she was exploring and teaching here. She traveled to Connecticut College where a lot of the modern dance pioneers were training and developing their own theories, Martha Graham, Doris Humphrey, Ruth Sokolow, etc., other people. And she would study with them and bring back their ideas and their theories and movement styles and techniques and ideas for choreography to the greater Detroit community where she gathered dancers or people who were interested in modern dance. And that community of dance was then developed into what we call the Dance Workshop. At first it was just called the Dance Workshop, eventually became the Wayne State Dance Workshop. And when Wayne State became a university, it became the Wayne State University dance workshop. So a lot of name changes there along the mm -hmm. path. And we were housed, or the dance department was in 
the division of health and physical education and recreation. And then when dance became a broader subject, it became the division of health, physical education, recreation, and dance. And then, of course, we moved out of that uh, physical education facility and moved into the College of Fine and Performing Arts. And we are now in the Old Main building, mm -hmm. where actually all the dance began in Old Main, and we made full circle back. Full circle, exactly. Yes. All right, there we right from the beginning. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about uh, Ruth Murray um, and her idea of bringing dance to uh, the Detroit public school system as well? Well, that's an interesting idea that she was bringing it to the Detroit public schools because she actually didn't teach children very much, but she was a great proponent of children's dance. In fact, she wrote the very first book on children's dance, although she didn't teach them herself. Mm -hmm. But she was teaching teachers who were teaching dance and physical education or movement education in the schools. And that entire uh, unit of physical education and dance was tied in with Wayne State at the time, Wayne Teachers College. They were not separate organizations. There was a woman by the name of Delia Hussey, who I think was the what they call the superintendent or supervisor of the schools. And Ruth worked with Delia to develop this program. And most of the teachers at that time were female because the men were still off to war. So when the men started returning back after the war and going to college, getting degrees, many of them wanted to do physical education or teach physical education, but they were far more interested in sports, not dance. And thus they began to take over some of the jobs in the schools and dance was dissolved, dismissed, oh. eliminated, whatever. Right. And they began to play basketball, baseball, football, the sports that the men really wanted to teach. Although at that time, there was one group that really held on to dance, and those dance teachers were very strong in those schools. They were still part of physical education, but they only taught dance because the phys ed teachers didn't want to teach dance. And I know that back in the 70s, when I was first hired here, there were 55 full-time dance teachers in the city of Detroit public schools. That's 55. amazing. <laughs> yes. That's huge. Yes. Well, that's great for those kids then to experience. Yes. The, the An amazing dance. history of dance education and really spearheaded by Ruth Murray and developed strongly. And she ran that program for years until they managed their own program. And then she was just full time at the dance department or the division of dance at Wayne, because that became a more full-time position. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, and also I, I was reading about her and her, her philosophy of you do it and you teach it. Yes, And I exactly. thought that was an excellent example. It's like I can dance, but I will teach you how to dance as well. Yes, That's yes. That's a beautiful thing for those, especially for the, uh, the children in the DPS system. Yes, and I keep saying that to my own students right now at Wayne. If you teach it, you'll know it better. Mm -hmm. I say that to them over and over again, even if I'm teaching a dance kinesiology class on the science of the hip and the mechanics of the hip, I say to them, if you go back to your own studio and you teach this same lesson to your own students, you will understand the mechanics of your hip better. <laughs> so as soon as you start teaching something, you will learn it better and your students will learn it. That's true. That's true. Um, Mur as you say, Murray retired 
yes. from from the um, dance program. Um, can you can you kind of give us an example of how the program evolved from when she left and what it evolved into? I know it always kept the idea of modern dance as a strong. Oh, point. absolutely. We're still primarily a modern dance based department. Um, when Ruth retired, Anne Zerolnik, who was her um, right hand man the entire time, really. Um, took over the department, and Ruth uh, was ill at that time, so she really needed to retire. And Anne was just a dynamo. She was a faculty person, I believe, one of one of the Detroit high schools. She taught dance um, in Detroit, and then she came to Wayne State, and she was a fabulous director of the program, and she was my personal mentor because when I came on, my background was primarily in just choreography and performance, and uh, I was a dancer and a teacher, but not really well-trained in teaching children's dance, which is an entirely different way of teaching. We don't teach children to dance the same way we teach young adults or older adults. We do creative movements, improvisation, which leads them to self-discovery and more self-awareness, um, self-esteem, and understanding their bodies and space, time, and energy. So it's an entirely different way of teaching. Uh, she used Ruth Murray's book, of course, throughout all the courses that she taught. And all the phys ed students really had to take those classes in the beginning. They had to do folk dance and creative dance as well. When Anzaronik retired, George Reed took over the department, and that was during the transition from phys ed to the College of Fine Arts. And Georgia was chair uh, for a brief time. She then had an illness. She had a stroke and decided she should retire as well. And then that's when I was hired to be chair. Just again at that transition into the college and moving back into Old Main, and uh, leaving our facilities at the Mathi building forevermore. <laughs> yeah. Okay, another name change, Maggie Ellisey, Department of Dance. Why don't you tell us a bit about how that came about and why the name change and all that kind of stuff? Oh, I'd be happy to. Maggie Ellisey is a philanthropist in the community. She's an amazing woman, very, very generous woman, and of course loves dance, number one, <laughs> loves dance. I met her years ago when I was taking classes at the Rosemary Floyd Studio of Dance in Royal Oak, and Maggie was bringing her oldest daughter, or not her oldest daughter, but one of her daughters, Kathy, to the studio. I talked to Kathy many times, and I met her mom, Maggie, and Maggie loved dance and wanted to know more about the Wayne State Dance Department, which was a little unheard of in those days. It was sort of a hidden gem. Now it's a bigger gem. <laughs> um, but Maggie and I became friends, and over the years, she just wanted to know more and more about our program. She wanted to come down and see what we were doing. And at the time, we were transferring from the physical education department to the College of Fine Arts. We had a lot of opportunities, uh, naming opportunities, in our university, in the college. So we were naming studios for X number of dollars for donations and naming this for that donation or that donation. So we had a big event. And Maggie was invited, and at that time, she wanted to have one of the dance studios named after her. So we have our studio, that is our performance studio, which is a black box theater, named the Maggie Alice Performance Studio. And after that, 
we had a new dean by the name of Linda Moore, who was charged with more fundraising and encouraged me to approach Maggie again to see if we couldn't ask her for a larger donation because our program was in dire need financially. <laughs> so I did. I talked to Maggie with the support of Linda at that time, and Maggie gave us an extremely generous contribution of $2 million. And in exchange for that, we renamed the program the Maggie Alice Department of Dance. And that just catapulted us in so many different directions because for the first time, we had enough money that we could have a regular guest artist program. We could give reasonably large scholarships to students. We could give housing scholarships to students so they could live on campus. We had money for costumes. We didn't have to sew them ourselves anymore. We could hire designers. And it was so exciting to suddenly have money that we could access to support our program. We didn't have to do all the typing ourselves anymore. We could hire secretarial administrative help. It was amazing. We could buy a brand new Marley floor, which we sorely needed. Um, so Mag without Maggie's generosity, I think we would have been in a rut for a, quite a while longer. But because of Maggie's generosity, it just put us at the pinnacle of our, our time at that moment as we were transitioning. And it really made the biggest difference in our program. And we have beautiful new studios in the old main building, they converted the old gymnasiums, reconfigured everything, so the, the studios are gorgeous. Yeah, it's a gorgeous space. Oh, we have beautiful studios and office spaces now, which we didn't have previously. And the floors are the spectacular floors. I cannot say enough good things about the floors. If you're going to teach dance, you have to have good floors, not just for the students, but for the faculty who spend hours on those floors as well. But... Um, the studios were fabulous. Everything was good. And that time we had um, just our Bachelor of Science degree, which we kept from phys ed. And we decided to hang on to that in the new college, even, rather than changing it to a, a Bachelor of Arts, because many of our students simply did not want to take a foreign language. And with the Bachelor of Science degree, you don't have to have a foreign language. So we decided not to fight them and instead develop our Bachelor of Science with more options for dance kinesiology and movement analysis involved in the dance science program or, you know, Bachelor of Science. And we also developed the um, BFA, the Bachelor of Fine Arts. So those students who really wanted to be choreographers and performers would move into that program, Bachelor of Fine Arts. And the other students who maybe wanted to have two majors or another significant minor or were too busy working most of the time, couldn't commit the hours to a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree, um, chose the Bachelor of Science path. Right. So now we have those two degrees. And now we have a new master's program in the Master's of um, Teaching Artistry in Dance. So it's for dance artists and it's for teachers to come together and or if you're a teacher, develop your teacher artist or dance artistry. And if you're a dance artist, to develop your teaching artistry. That's great. So kind of a melding of mm -hmm. different categories of dancers. Excellent. Yes. All right. Now, not only getting your degrees, but there's also... Um I forget the wording for the three. There's three. There's the workshop, mm -hmm. and then there's two other troops. We have three dance companies now. Companies. Tosangana 
is the African Dance Company, directed by Karen Prawl, who is our full-time African dance specialist. She's um, very, very skilled in African dance, continually travels to Africa to develop more skills and make more contacts there for choreography and to bring choreographers here. Uh, She developed this program over 10 years ago, and they officially changed the name, I want to say four years ago, to To Sangana. And it's open to all university students, not just dance majors. It's the only company that is open to the entire university. So we have students that are coming from different backgrounds. And it's not just African-American students. I should say that, too, that we have, it's a very diverse company, even though it is exclusively African dance. And um, students study the roots of dance in Africa and taking it into jazz and hip hop as well. So it's a broader look at African dance and the influence of African dance in our culture and in dance and the dance world. Um, The other dance company is officially called The Dance Company. And they are generally selected from our freshmen and sophomore students and or transfer students who want the dance company experience, who have not been in a dance company before. There is a uh, full-time faculty member assigned to the dance company, and they mentor the students because many of them are freshmen. Um, and they t- collectively create a program under the faculty member supervision. And Lisa Lamar has been the director for the past several years now. So she comes up with an idea, and they develop choreography based around that singular idea. They do a performance for Noel Night here. And then they do it again in the schools. They travel to public schools and private schools throughout the Detroit metropolitan area in the winter semester touring their show. And then parts of that show are also performed in our Friday morning concert, our spring concert weekend. There's a special show for middle and high school students. We bus kids in and they see that um, program in the morning and they have master classes in the afternoon. And then our third company is the Dance Workshop, Wayne State University Dance Workshop, which has lived on for many years since its early roots. And those students are primarily juniors and seniors, and they entirely run the company themselves. They select a president, a treasurer, a secretary, someone who's responsible for public relations, fundraising. They develop their own content of what's going to be in the program. They actually hold auditions for choreography. So if their own students in the company and the workshop, I should say, have not developed or created enough choreography, they hold an audition from other students in the department to have the opportunity to perform in their annual workshop concert, which is in February every year. And they're a remarkable group of students. They communicate back and forth with each other. They They have a a faculty mentor, but it's not hands-on like the dance company is. They are pretty much on their own. They develop amazing skills in terms of administration, arts administration. So they really understand what's involved in running a company. That's amazing. All right, I have a quick question, maybe a long answer, don't know. The bronze, no, the Copperfoot. Oh, the Copperfoot. Yes, we have an annual ceremony called the Copperfoot Awards Ceremony. And it was initiated by Harriet Berg, who was a very important part of the dance workshop back in the 60s, I believe, and the 50s and 60s, maybe part of the 70s. 
and she was a primary choreographer and a dance icon here in the Detroit's public schools and in the city and out at the Jewish Community Center. She had several dance companies that she managed there. But she and her husband, Irvin, were traveling to Mexico one year and she saw these copper feet in a little stall that were about maybe an inch and a half in size, maybe two inches. They were just clip-on um, clips. And she bought, I don't know, a three or four dozen of them, as many as she could buy. And she brought them back and initiated the Copperfoot Award for Choreography. So those students or faculty who were deemed worthy of the Copperfoot <laughs> received their very first Copperfoot Award here in a very official ceremony at the end of the school year. And there are quite a few famous people who have Copperfoot Awards, including Garth Fagan, who was the choreographer of The Lion King. Right. And Sonia Taye, who has her own um, dance company. She's a very well-known choreographer internationally now. And uh, others across the country and around the world, actually, who have a Copperfoot Award. You only get it once, and it's when you create a single piece of merit that's you know well-received, and it has to be produced and performed on a formal stage and you know in a formal concert, not in one of our less formal concerts in the studio. So it has to be on stage somewhere. Mm -hmm. That's a very cool idea. Is it still a little teeny thing? No. <laughs> sadly, we ran out of the little copper feet, and now we give out a very beautiful certificate that's beautifully framed. Um, with the resurgence of Detroit, everybody's talking about the resurgence of Detroit and coming back kind of thing. Do you see a change in cultural arts in Detroit with dance? at all? Oh yes, absolutely. There's no doubt about that. There are several performance groups now that have sprouted up and having concerts in different places. Um, and most importantly, one of our own alumni, uh, Brian, has returned. His name is Brian Byra now. He and his wife recently married and relocated back to Detroit and are teaching part-time at Wayne and are going to become an official um, adjunct company. So we're going to have another dance company, but theirs is going to be a professional company. And uh, it's exciting that they've decided to come back to Detroit rather than stay in New York, which so many of our dancers mm -hmm. do. They go to Chicago, New York, L.A., and we never see them again except when they come home to visit their families. But um, Brian has decided to relocate here. He still has family in the area, and he goes back to his own home studio and teaches some classes there, particularly for young boys, to get more boys involved in dance. And they're doing concerts and performances around the city. And uh, it's, it's an exciting time. I wish I were a young faculty member starting <laughs> now. And I think that the students that we're attracting to Wayne State are excited about coming to Detroit, whereas once upon a time we were always talking about how Detroit and Wayne, Wayne State particularly was a safe campus. You didn't have to worry about bringing your students here. That question never comes up anymore. People don't ask it. They just want to know how do you get downtown and, you know, how do you get tickets to go to the Opera House and how do you get tickets to go here or there? I mean, the resurgence has been a big plus for us, and we have far more students auditioning than we can possibly accept into our program. We are really limited by the amount of space we have and the number of faculty. So if we have a freshman class of 30, for us, that's huge. That's, that's amazing. That's really big. And I think that's about where we are right now. And we really can't take more than that. And we've probably had over 300 students audition. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's, you know, it's 
it's uh, remarkable. Yeah, that is great. It's amazing. So, all right. Um, one of the final questions, though. How, why do you think the dance program has lasted as long as it has lasted in Detroit and at Wayne State University? I think the quality of the artists that are here teaching in the department and the quality of the artists that come out of our department and then the quality of the teachers who come out of our programs and are teaching in the public schools. I would remiss, be remiss if I didn't mention Tamia Banks. She's just a remarkable young woman who's developed this incredible program in Farmington um, at Harrison High School, which is now being all transferred over to Farmington High School. But she is one of our grads and alumni from Cass Tech High School and then our alumni of ours probably in the 80s, late 80s, and has this incredible program she has developed called the Oakland Dance Program Project that she hosts every October. And her program attracts dancers from all over the city of Farmington and even some students from outside of Farmington because they want to take dance in high school and be part of her dance company. And we have faculty like that in schools, in the high schools, that are doing exactly what they should be doing is carrying on the torch and the legacy of dance for everyone, not just for students who want to be professional dancers. And the beauty is that we take everyone who wants to find their creative selves, who wants to move, and what better way to learn about yourself than through movement. Again, it's not that those students necessarily want to become professional dancers. It's the art of dance. It's the same way you might want to learn to play the piano or the guitar, but you're not going to be a professional musician. But then there are those who do want that professional experience, and we keep attracting them. Um, our director of dance right now, Meg Paul, is a former Joffrey Ballet Company member, and she danced with Twyla Tharp and was on Broadway, and she is an impressive director and has impressive administrative skills. She's a diva. I call her my dance diva. Her, <laughs> She's the princess of all of us. She's amazing. She does it all, and students come here to train with her. Right. She's an extraordinary ballet mistress and is highly sought after in the community. Different dance schools want her to come teach master classes and teach for them regularly. She's very special. So we've done 90 years. It looks like it'll be another 90 years. I'm sure. We keep attracting more, better faculty. I mean, our faculty just keeps growing. And as I said, it's, ex it's an exciting time to be at Wayne State University. Right. Right. Uh, Ross Michael Courtney just joined our faculty. He just got his PhD in Ireland, but he did all his research in Ethiopia. He's a fabulous dancer, danced with uh, the Palabolas Dance Company for years. Dr. Biba Bell is with us. She's an extraordinary modern dancer, contemporary dancer, doing some wildly innovative work. <laughs> yeah, and then we have Lisa Lamar who teaches for us part-time and Karen Bell who is our full-time African dance teacher, Dr. Doug Reisner who is um, more on the academic side doing academic work. I mean, we have extraordinary faculty. Yeah, we do. We and do. We're we lucky. have new people coming on board next year that are just going to really broaden the horizons of our program. Well, thank you for talking with us. We appreciate the oh. education on the dance program here. Oh, at my, my pleasure. Thank you so much for inviting me. And happy retirement. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Bye. And that was Eva Powers. 
Um, and now we're going to talk to Amy Ergus. Our extraordinary archivist dealing with the Jewish collections and dance collection here at the Ruther Library. We asked you to come in here to tell us a little bit more about the Wayne State Dance Department records, right? Yes, uh, fairly recently we opened those. Um, they're full of teaching materials, um, information about alumni, a lot of photographs um, for mostly the 1980s and 70s, I think. Um, but as soon as we opened them, the dance department gave us a new accession, uh, which is more recent materials, and that's um, full of exciting things, too. Cool. The Wayne State uh, Dance Collections is a part of the university archives, um, but they are directly connected to what we call the Michigan Dance Archive, which was established in 1994 um, by Harriet Berg, who's a local choreographer and dancer, and her husband, Irving Berg. And the two uh, parts of this, the Wayne State Archives and the Michigan Dance Archives, create a, an amazing resource for scholars and dancers and uh, choreographers and, and teachers of dance. Um, so it's really exciting to have so many resources here at the Ruther for Dance. And it's a great collection to be part of our urban and university scene here. Um, tell us some of the really cool collections that you know about. Okay, well, the, the largest part of the dance archive it belongs to Harriet Berg, and she donated, she has donated a lot of this over the past 20 years. Um, a lot of it are personal papers, but also the papers of her various dance groups, such as um, the Madame Cadillac Dancers, which did historical Detroit dance. Um, but there is a lot of resource in there f um, about his, the history of dance generally and the history of dance in Detroit. Um, one of my favorite collections is uh, the collection of Genevieve Siegel Schomberger, who was a dancer out in the western part of Michigan. She grew up in Grand Rapids, um, was never able to have dance lessons herself. It was during the Depression, but wanted her sisters to. Eventually, she lived in Ludington and opened up a dance studio for her children and her uh, the community. And she never actually was able to study dance until she was in her 40s. And then she became impassioned with flamenco and Spanish dance, and she would come to Detroit once or twice a week by bus to study with a famous flamenco teacher who was here. And her collection is just really um, exciting with, with some wonderful photographs and her dance materials, and it's just a, a unique collection that, that cool. we were lucky to get. So as a researcher, would they be looking at a lot of photos? Are there the choreographical papers there. I really don't know much about the dance archives. So there's there's a lot of it. I think the best photographs are part of the Wayne State uh, dance collections. Um, but also in Mary Grove dance has a lot of really great photos. And Harriet Berg's collections have, have a lot of those too. Um, a collection that we just uh, received recently is from the Detroit Dance Collective and their photos are uh, were done all by a professional photographer and they are really notable. But there are also um, teaching materials, choreographic notes, which are um, unusual because dance didn't have its own notation until well into the 20th century. And um, now the, the notation is used for teaching as well as now, of course, in the more modern age video uh, is used. And we have quite a few videos as well. One interesting part of the uh, Ruther Urban Collections is the dance oral histories. These are um, transcripts of five interviews that were done in the mid-1970s of um, dance educators who were active at Wayne State and in Detroit Public Schools. 
um, from about the 1920s to the 1960s. Some really prominent names like Fanny Aronson, uh, Ruth Lovell Murray, uh, who was the the person who really established the Wayne State Dance Program and was uh, at the university for I believe more than fifty years and was really had a national reputation as a prominent teacher and author. Okay, um, so you said you just opened a new collection. Does that mean collections are continuously coming in? Are we looking for people to donate? Yes, materials? definitely. Um, as I mentioned, one just came in recently, um, and we are constantly trying to reach out to the dance community to get them. Uh, teachers, um, dance studio owners, and choreographers to donate their materials. Um, anyone who is from the Detroit area, from Michigan, who studied at Wayne, um, any of those kinds of uh, attributes, we are happy to welcome them here. Excellent. Thanks, Amy. You're welcome. <laughs> Tales from the Ruther Library is a production of the Walter P. Ruther Library of Labor and Urban Affairs at Wayne State University, coming to you from the heart of the Cultural Center of Detroit, Michigan. The producers of Tales from the Ruther Library are Dan Glagner and Troy Eller-English. Special assistance from the Ruther Podcast Collective, including Bart Bilmer, Elizabeth Clemens, Megan Courtney, and Paul Neerink. Of course, this podcast could not be done without the research and the support of the entire Ruther Library staff. To learn more about the Ruther Library, or if you have any questions, please visit our website at www.ruther.wayne.edu. Thanks for listening. Say goodbye, Dan. Goodbye, Dan. So uh, hold on to your hats and your feet. I don't know. We can leave that one out. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on to your feet, folks. And so, so you know, when you come here and do some research on dance, modern dance, dancing with your feet, happy feet, happy feet, do 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 do, happy feet. <laughs> you you don't know that? I know the movie. Paolo Conte was a, a music hall singer in Italy, and he did a song called Happy Feet. I'm sorry. And it's you... hilarious. The lyrics are Happy Feet. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> happy feet do 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 happy feet do 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 happy feet i love it <laughs> for about three minutes yeah for three minutes okay mm-hmm. that, sounds <laughs> that i want in the outtakes this is not the dance show outtakes is the troy eller english dance-a-thon <laughs> happy feet sing along